Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. 1 Samuel chapter 3, that Wednesday morning. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, everyone say that time, when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I, for you called me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose, and where did he go? Straight to Eli. And said, here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I didn't call you, son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Are y'all good right now? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. I'm asking you that because I'm about to come to your front door. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with talking about that. We're fixing to talk about this now. Because the Lord is about to deal with your heart. The Lord is about to deal with your destiny. The Lord is about to deal with the purpose on your life. The Lord is about to deal with the anointing he placed on you. The Lord is about to deal with the call that he gave you years ago. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And Eli perceived, thank God, that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lay down. And if it shall be, he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. I dare you to throw your head back and open your mouth and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Don't let that pass you by. Let that resonate with you. The Lord came and stood and called, listen to the words, as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, when I saw this right here this morning, I had to get up off my office chair with plantar fasciitis. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing. Get on your feet right now and turn around and tell three people God is about to do a thing. Come on. Just stand up and tell three people around you, God is about to do a thing. Come on, they didn't hear you. Tell three more people, talk in this building, and let's get these words in the atmosphere. God is about to do a thing. If you don't want to say it like that, say it like this. God is about to do something. Come on, tell somebody else, God is about to do something. 
Now, wait a minute. I'm talking to people with expectation. I'm not talking to lots of days ago. I don't care. It don't matter to me, people. I'm talking to people who have anticipation and expectation that at any moment, God can do anything. If you believe that God is about to do a thing, I dare you to give God praise like he's about to do it right now. Come on, praise him like he's about to do it right now. Bless your name, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. High five somebody and tell him he's going to do it. And he says, I'm going to do a thing. You may be seated in Israel. Woo! At which both of the ears that anyone that hears it will tingle. The word there in the Hebrew means it's going to rattle their ears. It's going to it's going to be like something they've never heard before. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? I am here to declare to you that as we end 2023 and we approach the threshold of 2024, it is high time for you to start plowing the fertile ground of your heart and get yourself ready and high in faith, high in spiritual energy, high in the anointing, that when the clock turns, God is about to do something like you've never heard before. I'm going to prophesy it to people who want it, people who desire it. Get ready because God is about to do something. If you can believe that, I dare you to bless him one more time. God is about to do something. I'll say one more thing in reference to Bishop Pearson. I'm going to move on. He always told me these words. Ricky, the two most precious things you have in reference to ministry is your call and your anointing. And he said, guard them at all costs. That means guard them against people. Guard them from individuals. Guard your call and guard your anointing. Whew. This is the text he preached from. I'm not going to preach the message he preached that day because I can't remember it but I do know the title. The title was The Call. Two words, say it with me, The Call. So the question now we must ask ourselves is who is Samuel? We're going to come in here this week and work on our sound system. Bless him. Bless him. Bless the Lord. The question is who is Samuel? Say those words. Samuel's name means God hears me. Or I am heard of God. You see, Samuel carried an anointing that he did not get by being in the perfect line. In other words, you're not going to find him in the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, he don't fall into that line, no. Samuel is just a guy who had a praying mama. 
In other words, he was engrafted into the line. He wasn't born into the lineage of anointing. Some of you in this building can identify with that. You was not raised in church. You wasn't raised with a Bible in your hand. You was raised on the other side of the tracks. But somehow God found you and he engrafted you in to his family. Samuel is born from a barren woman in a barren womb named Hannah. From a mother that knew how to travail. She could intercede to the point that her intercession carried with it a gift. And that gift was imparted from her to her son. How do I know this? Because 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 5, we find him now matured and residing in his office. And Samuel says to the people of Israel, I will intercede with the Lord for you. See, true intercessors do not intercede to the Lord. They intercede with the Lord. In other words, you're not praying for what you want. You're finding out what he wants. And you come into agreement with that kind of prayer. That kind of trail, travail, that kind of push in prayer is what causes things to change. All for more women that would impart and transfer the gift of prayer to their children. And I can tell you how you do it. You have to strategically position yourself in the path of your children in your house. Where they have to stumble over you while you are on your knees in travail and intercession. In other words, they must hear you praying, they must see you praying, and it leaves an indelible impression upon them, and they will never forget a mama that knows how to cry out to God. Can I take a break and take five seconds to ask you, is there any praying women in this house? Whew. He's a transgenerational thinker. He's a pioneer in the prophetic. What do you mean he's a transition, trans, transgenerational thinker? That means he could reach those that were older than him and he had the anointing to reach those who were younger than him. He could talk to his elders and he could talk to his disciples with the same kind of authority and the same kind of anointing. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Some of y'all, about 10 people are going to get this today. I can feel it. Something going to happen. Now I'm going to pray, God, multiply the 10 by 10. Touch the people today. He was the one that imparted to David and Saul. And he had the discernment on when to use a flask and when to use a horn. In other words, he was a prophet that could tell how long people were going to last in walking in their anointing. Everyone doesn't get the horn. How do you know who carries oil from a horn? They still doing what they always did. I'll, I'll skip some stuff for the sake of time. Samuel was triad in his call and his ability to walk in the will of God. He started out as a judge. He promoted to a priest. I hear you. And ultimately he walked as a prophet. 
I'll say it again. He inhabited the trinity of holy offices. He was a judge. He was a priest. He was a prophet. God hears me. Samuel. I'm heard of God. Strong. I'm just thinking how long I'm going to preach today. Because this thing right here will make you want to preach all day long. But I'm not going to do it. I'll have you out on time. I want to talk to you very quickly about four things concerning the call of God. Everyone shout the call. See, the call of God always comes at the right time. The call of God doesn't just walk through the halls of eternity with nothing to do. The call of God is punctual. The call of God is timely. Hear me. The call of God is precise. Do you remember the day when preachers used to preach and they preached with such fire and they preached with such passion? You felt like you had to get to that altar no matter what because God may be calling you. And we preached it so hard that we almost made people feel guilty for not going into ministry. Those days are gone. We're just trying to get you in church. God forbid that he call you to sacrifice all for the sake of ministry. How times have changed. Are y'all with me? The call of God always comes at the right time. Samuel's eyes begin to wax dim. The air, air the lamp just before the lamp of God went out in the temple. And Samuel was sleeping with the ark of God. Wait a minute. Eli's going blind, and Samuel is sleeping with the presence of God. When revelation is waning in one generation, God starts calling from another. When vision begins to wax dim, in a preceding generation, the succeeding generation must be keenly aware that God is about to do something. I'm preaching better than you talking back to me. Just before air, just before the lamp of God went out, God called. Right before the fire in the temple went out, the voice of God started walking the halls of the temple. Samuel, the flame was just a glow on the wick of the lamp in the temple of God. There was barely light in the house of God. And God said, I must call another man. 
Oh, it was Eli's responsibility to trim the lamp. But he was too tired. He was too tired to keep the fire going and the light shining. And his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. There was no open vision from heaven. Everything was silent and everything was still. And there was no real move of God. But there was a boy laying next to the ark of God, laying next to what represented the presence of God. Can I tell you that there is a generation that has been sleeping in the presence of God? There is a younger generation that has been sleeping next to the ark. And God is about to walk the halls of his church. And he's about to call out for those who are coming after us. And he's going to call them until they answer. Can somebody say amen to that? The call of God comes at the right time. Listen to me. The call of God does not come from man. It comes from God himself. Man can't put you in and man cannot take you out. The Bible says the call of God walked the halls of that temple crying out, Samuel, and every time that voice said, Samuel, Samuel uh, responded appropriately. He went to Eli, and he said, did you call me? Why? Because in Samuel's mind, Eli's voice was God's voice, and God's voice was Eli's voice. In other words, I'll say it another way. Samuel was totally submitted to his leadership. That if God spoke, he had to speak through my leader. If God's telling me to do something, he's surely going to tell him first. And it took three times till the double annunciation arrived. Now it's not Samuel, but now it's Samuel. Samuel, now God is getting determined. No, you're going to answer me because the call of God comes at the right time. The call of God comes from God. It does not come from man. And I'll tell you the third thing about the call of God. The call of God comes consistently. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel, Jesus said it another way. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And many of you, God has been pounding on the door of your heart. God has been calling to you. Let me in. I will come in with you and sup with you. And you will sup with me. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you power. I'll help you develop potential. You will walk in my promise. But you have got to open the door. And let me in. God's call is consistent. His call is not predicated upon your circumstance. His call is not predicated on your health report. His call is not predicated on other people's opinions of you. When God gets his mind made up to call you, he's going to call you. And when he calls you, he calls you all by yourself. Samuel. And the fourth thing 
about the call of God. Oh, I know I'm preaching good. The call of God comes consistently. And then the call of God demands a response. In other words, God is not going to stop calling you until you say yes or no. But you're going to say something. You're going to respond to him because he is not going to quit saying Samuel until you say speak Lord. And God is after some of you hot on your trail. Some of you put your call up when you were 15, some of y'all 26, some of y'all 32 years old. You put it on the shelf and said, I'll just go to church. Going to church is fine. But nothing will ever replace you walking in the call of God on your life. Samuel! I will not stop calling you until you say yes or no. But you're going to respond. And many of you have been living in the land of indifference. You've been living in the valley of decision. And I'm calling you out today by your name. If I could go down each row and know each one of your first name, I would call it out today. I would start with JC and move to Frankie and then Pat and Michelle. I would go down the road to Morgan and Michaela. I would keep going down the road until you answer because that's how God works. God don't come just to speak to congregations. He comes to speak to people name by And he's here today and he's calling you. The time is right. The guard is changing. The older guard is passing off the scene. It's time for a new generation now to take the baton and run like you've never run before. It's time for you to put on the, the mantle of Elijah that preceded you and tested for yourself. Quit looking for Elijah to perform all your miracles. It's time for you to start taking the stuff you've learned and heard and start using it in your own house. I better stop. Can I just preach a little bit longer, please? Would you be so kind? Would you be so kind? Would you be so kind? Please don't walk out on me because I have an inferiority complex. I'm very insecure. And if you walk out, it hurts my little feelings. Please stay. Please stay. The call of God. Why Samuel? You ever ask yourself that question? Why him? There was a few more boys living in that house. But why you? Huh. I'll tell you why. Because Samuel was available. Hmm. That's a big, big book right there. You can write a whole book called Samuel was available. See, God does not just call the able. He calls the available. Are you available to him? I see you raise your hands and sing that song. Lord, I'm available to you. No, you're not. Isaiah said, here my Lord, send me. Why Samuel? 
I'll tell you the secret. I'll show you a little passage of scripture that will tell you why Samuel. It's found in chapter 2 and verse 18 before this call ever started walking the halls of the church. The Bible says the boy, Samuel, I'll quote it for you. The boy, Samuel, was wearing a linen ephod. And he was ministering to the Lord. Come to me. Come over here. Listen to me. This side. Y'all going to listen, right? Shake your head. Say yes. Some of y'all are. Some of you won't even shake your head. The boy Samuel was wearing a linen ephod, and he was ministering to the Lord. I'm going to say it one more time, and I hope it hits you right in your heart. Can y'all, are y'all with me over here? A little head nod? Yeah? Okay. The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. He was wearing a linen ephod. Who was he ministering to? Oh, it's not a hard question. Who was he ministering to? Then why are you so desperate to have a ministry to people? We got people that spend more time trying to be a minister to people, and you've never ministered to God. So the question now becomes, does God need your ministry? The answer is found unequivocally in this verse of Scripture. The voice of the Lord came to Samuel because Samuel had mastered the art of ministering to the Lord, serving him. See, kingdom service doesn't start in the public. It starts in private. Yeah. He was a priest. He was practicing his future. You're not supposed to wear a linen ephod till you're 30 years old. This boy is a teenager. Oh, for more people that would practice where you're going and master it in private before you bring it to public. How about you getting a prayer life to him before you start laying hands on people? See, people don't want to hear what you read from a book. They want to hear what you heard in your prayer closet. How much time do you spend every day where you just minister to him? How do you do that? Lord, I adore you. I'm not asking you for anything. I just worship you. God, you are awesome. You are the counselor of my heart. You're the comforter of my life. I just want to be here and minister to you. I love you so much, Lord Jesus. I can't thank you enough for all you've ever done for me. If it wasn't for you, I would be in Angola prison right now. But you, by your mercy and your grace, you saved me. And you pulled me out. And you kept me. And you preserved me. And I just want to tell you I love you. I don't want anything. I'm just here to minister to you. You want a call of God on your life? Learn to minister to him first. Would you do it right now? Would you lift your hands and just... Begin to worship him. Can you do that? Is that uncomfortable? Did I throw a kink in the time? See? That's what it requires. It, re it requires an interruption. You have to interrupt your schedule and 
you give it to just him. And Samuel ministered to the Lord. I could stop. Maybe I'll stop. If you establish your ministry to him, he will establish your ministry to them. I want to give you two more minutes because some of you are just going through the ritual. Can I tell you? My most beautiful time of the day. It's about 4.45 in the morning. Whether I want to get up to or not, I make myself get up. And I may even go back to bed for an hour. But I can promise you by 5 o'clock, I'm sitting at my desk. And I'm worshiping God. And I'm saying, God, I just want to say I love you. And if I can't get to the place of tears, I worry about myself. If I can't feel a sense of brokenness, I get real concerned about my condition. And we go to church and say, can you minister to the Lord for a moment? And it really throws an awkward feeling in the sanctuary because you didn't come here to give him anything. You came here to get. And churches are twisted today. And churches are bent today because we've taught you that God is just a God that wants to give you anything you want. And we forgot to tell you that you need to come before him and give him what he desires. So I'm going to ask you to take 15 seconds, lift your hands and begin to worship him. Just worship him. Rekasata. Oh, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm halfway through my message and I'm going to close. Can I submit something to you? It didn't take two or three chapters for God to establish this boy. Are y'all hearing me on the platform? It didn't take two or three years. It didn't even take two or three months. In the same chapter that God called him, God also established him. When you look at verse 19 of the same chapter, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. Listen carefully. And did let none of his words fall to the ground. Why do we let sermons fall to the ground? 
Why do we allow pastors to moan out to God, lay on the floor and cry to God for one word to give to his people? And you preach it and you ask the people on Monday, what was the word of the Lord yesterday? And they can't tell you. Because we don't care if the words roll off the platform and hit the floor. But God let none of his words fall to the ground. Why? Because God assigned him to a people that would reverb his word. And the Bible says anything he spoke between Dan and Beersheba came to pass. Why? Because that was his people, and they would not let that word fall to the ground. I remember flying out of San Diego to L.A. I was 20 years old. I had about four suitcases and a briefcase. And Bishop was right there, and we had a move of God at Bishop Charles Blake Church the night before. He said to me, I was telling him, Bishop, I've never seen anything like that. Everybody was out on the floor. It was an amazing move of God, Bishop. It was amazing. We're in the airport, and I'm crying. And he looks at me, and he said, what did I preach on? And I couldn't remember. He said, Rick, it doesn't matter if you remember what you felt if you forgot what you heard. Because faith comes by and hearing by the Why do we so easily forget? How do we not carry in our hearts and in our atmospheres a word from God? The call. I learned this about the call. The call on your life will always send you to people that recognize that call. If they don't recognize it, you're probably in the wrong place. It's going to get quiet now. And let me tell you about this region of the United States. This region right here is what I call the good old boy territory. Where we want to keep everybody on the same level. You're not special because you're a man of God. You're not special because you're anointed. You're not special because you're a pastor. And because they're not special, they will never be special. They'll just be like your buddy you play basketball with. And then you'll fight a mental gymnastic game of when you sit in his presence to try to separate him from the sweat of a basketball court to now the anointed word of God because you have categorized him as just another good old boy. Boy, it's quiet right now. Why do you think Jesus said a prophet is not welcome among his own call of God will always send you to people that recognize the call of God. The call of God will always send you to people that respect your call. Number three, the call of God will always send you to a people that are ready to receive. 
of people that recognize, of people that respect, and of people that are ready to receive what you have to offer. Number four, I'll stop. The call of God will always send you to people that will respond to the word of God in your life and the call of God on your life. Start looking around at your friends and ask the question, do these people respect the call of God? Do they even recognize? Do they respond to the call of God on my life? That day, that Wednesday, when he gave that prophetic word, I went home. I checked out of school at noon. I told Bishop McIntosh, he was my principal, I don't feel good. He looked at me and said, I know what's happening with you. God is dealing with you, Rick. He said, go home. Thank God for a principal that got the Holy Ghost. I went home. And I tell you, I locked myself in my bedroom that day. And I was awake till 4 o'clock in the morning praying in a language I'd never prayed in before. First time I'd ever done that for that long. I cried all night long. When I come out the next morning to sit at the table, my dad and my mom looked at me and said, something is different about you because people recognize when God has put a call on your life. Can I help you? Never, ever allow people to discount your call. He called you. He called you. Isaiah said it like this, I called Abraham alone. Some of you have been fighting the call of God on your life forever, and I'm not talking about you holding a microphone and standing on a platform. I'm talking about operating in the purpose of God that he preordained for you to enjoy before you ever took one breath, and you've been running from it. But guess what? You can't outrun the call. I remember some of them songs we used to sing, and one of them said, come out the corner, you can't hide. And that's how I asked the voice to come here today. Oh, I invited him. I sat at my desk this morning, and I said, voice of God, would you please be welcome in the sanctuary of Quest Church today? And would you walk these aisles and pull on people's hearts until they say yes. I prayed then, Lord, don't let any of them say no. And some of you are away from that call, that call you felt when you were a teenager, when you were a child, the call you felt four years ago, and you've been running. God is here to heal you and to put you right back in the big middle of everything he's doing. Will you lift your hands, please? Lord, let conviction...